But, um, but the reason I say no to business books is because um, I have read a lot of them. And in the end of the day, I think what, what really helped us was not following a specific framework, but being very, very, very customer obsessed. Like talking, I talked to our members, like at least five, sometimes 12 in a day. Welcome to Social Post, a podcast brought to you by Meet Edgar. Each week, we bring you a guest to inspire your creativity, breathe new life into your marketing strategy, and get you motivated to take action in your business. Whether you're just starting out or a seasoned entrepreneur, you'll walk away feeling like you took your social media marketing multivitamin. Enjoy the interview and remember, what's possible for them is possible for you. And we can't wait to see your success. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Social Post. And today I have one of our coolest guests yet, Martha Batar, and she is joining us from a company, Flowdesk. Now I'm sure a lot of you have heard about it, and I am so excited to get a little more perspective into her business and marketing strategies. So we'll start out passing it over and her, she'll introduce herself a little bit and then we'll dive into the chat. So go right ahead. Awesome. Thank you so much. So excited to be here. Um, so hi, everyone. I'm Martha. I'm CEO at Flowdesk. And Flowdesk is a new email marketing tool that makes it super easy for you to design emails that people love to get. That's it. I love yeah. that little three second, like so easy to remember. I feel like that sometimes is something so many people are missing in their marketing strategy. Give people an easy way to remember and tell other people about it. So that oh, is we struggled with it. I remember at the beginning people were like, what's Flotus? And we we're like, well, we we're like patenting this new technology and people would be like, uh, I don't care anymore. So uh, eventually I think it was like some, someone who was like a friend who was also a founder who said, um, just figure out like how would you explain it to one of your customers or how would you explain it to like your grandmother as well she's like okay like and it, and it became a lot simpler that makes so much sense for sure so kind of going along that track what types of things did you guys think about with your brand voice as you were developing a whole entire brand um, you know what went into actually the tone that you guys use in your marketing strategy as well as in the app can you go through that process a little bit mm -hmm. definitely so for like full disclosure, um, right now, because like the company has grown so quickly, it, it seems maybe in retrospect that we had a plan for everything. And that was not the case. Like we actually developed our, our website in one day and we were like, this is just a placeholder. We'll come back and we'll make it cooler later on. And we just never had time. Like now we're finally going to start working on it. But we never had time because it just like um, started growing, right? And we started needing to focus on something else. So we, um, we were like, well, how would we want to learn it? And how do we say these in a way that like, it doesn't have the marketing jargon that you see all the time. And um, it just sp like speaks it in a way that's almost like, hey, here's like Martha and Rebecca just telling you what it is, right? Like human to human, friend to friend. Um, and, and then a, a, a more strategic, piece that we decided on pretty early on when we were building the product was let's make sure that when it comes to our brand, we're trying to remove ourselves as much as possible and let our members brand shine because in the end of the day, like this is about them and this is about the creative work that they'll be able to create with the platform. So, so we were very um, intentional when building that brand or that site, right. Um, in making sure that we're showcasing, uh, current templates that we already had existing in the platform, 
or existing members or friends that were using it because it was mostly friends at the time we didn't have anyone really like outside of that using it and yeah so it, it was a combination of those two um that ended up being becoming the brand right yeah, that's really cool. And I think the way you describe just talking to a friend is more where business coffee is going these days anyway. We want to just be able to understand it and skip the jargon. So that's cool to actually see a company take that tactic and have it work so successfully and seeing that you guys just blew up because you were just talking and putting your customers at the center of your story, not saying, you know, this is our email platform. Like, no, we're building this for you. And I think that's a subtle difference that a lot of you guys listening right now could rethink on your sales pages and your marketing strategy as well. I love that tip a lot. So if you could just dive into a little bit behind your social media strategy and creating communities, because I know you've worked with a lot of influencers and you guys have a thriving social media community. So can you talk about getting this brand, this brand new version of Flowdesk out onto the internet through social media marketing tactics? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yes. So very early on, we decided that we did not want to have um, a sales team or a marketing team. Uh, we wanted to focus 100% of the customer. And this is a decision that uh, turned out to be a really good one because it gave our, what we call our customers members. So it gave our members a lot of power to really own um, our growth. And uh, what ended up happening is that our very customers were the ones that started spreading the word and creating tutorials, helping other people find Flowdesk and get activated and onboarded and learn how to use it and be successful. So that let us focus 100% um, on giving each member a fantastic experience, right? So the theory was if we just focus on building a product that just works and we focus on giving each and every single one of our ideal members like an ideal experience, um, then, then the growth can be customer led in a way. So, um, so we, we intentionally didn't want to do like influencer campaigns because it kind of goes against that idea of our customers matter, like this at the same level. So what ended up happening is that members would just start creating their own content, right? We'd never ask for these. We never reach out. We would just see someone come in, um, use Flowdesk and the next day they'd have like a full YouTube playlist with like tutorials from end to end on how to do it. And then as these things organically started happening, then we would just feature this content and we'd be like, Hey, I know you're like creating all of these fantastic content. It doesn't make sense for us to recreate the wheel. Let's just feature you. Right. And because we did not have a blog, we still don't, and we didn't have a marketing team and we didn't have like uh, a sales team or anything else. Um, people just naturally ended up finding us on social media. So like Instagram became a big one, Twitter became a big one. And all of a sudden people were like sharing um, how they were using Flowdesk and they were also asking us questions like the engagement just like happened there. And then what we did was, okay, how do we carry the same, um, the same commitment to social media? How do we support our members through social media as well? So we started doing the same thing, like reposting their content, um, sharing how like the, their hacks and what they were doing to be successful on the platform with the rest of our community. And then these ended up becoming just like a very, um, it, it's really weird because I've seen friendships start between two members that have never met each other in person, right? And there's just these like, unifying like passion um, to like teach others how to run their business more successfully, how to 
do better design. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know that that answers your question because it's totally all over the place. We did not have a strategy, if that clarifies. It just, we followed where the customer led and then we optimized those channels. Mm, I think that is the best strategy in itself. <laughs> something that a lot of people probably think isn't a strategy like you just said. But if you're not creating content and following those breadcrumbs, then you could be going and creating something in a vacuum that people aren't actually loving to use. And this community aspect of sharing user-generated content is definitely an underutilized strategy because if you see that social proof of someone else telling you the results they got, you're going to be much more likely to believe it than if it's coming right out of the founder's mouth. No offense, of course. You're very trustworthy, but absolutely. I think that's an incredible strategy. Um, so I think that this community aspect is really interested for marketing, but you guys are a subscription based um, service as well. Do you see any of this community help at all in your churn rates or help at all in like retaining people month over month? Yes. So we, we haven't actually had um, much churn. We saw a slight dip when um, the pandemic started, and I think it's mostly because people were like having a lot of uncertainty, and then it recovered pretty quickly. Um, we actually have lower churn than industry churn, so it's you could almost say it's like negative. Um, and I really, really, so we haven't done a lot of testing there because we have never had a problem to fix, but I really think in big part, it is because of our community. Um, one of the things that I notice is we have the help center, um, full of articles, right, and, and, and content that we created, and that's fine, but it's not dynamic, right, and it doesn't really, like, mold to every single situation, so we're, we're continuing to continue to work on that, and we're also featuring um, member content in the Help Center, but we have a Facebook group where members, like, as soon as they struggle with something, they post, and they're like, hey, have, has anyone figured this out, and most of the time, it's not even product related it's more like strategy and we realize that we will uh, the theory is that probably a lot of people churn um, when using tools not just because they can't learn the tool but because they can't figure out the strategy so having that access to a pool of people who already did it or are also trying to figure it out and are so willing like i'm always in shock of how willing people are to just share their secrets saying like this is what i did and these are my results and this is where i started and and here you go like take my secrets and and make them work for you um i think that's key to me that's and also i, I don't well i'm i'm probably biased because i live in that group but um i haven't really seen that a lot before and it's it's almost like one of those things that makes it so worth it to come in and there are days that someone will post something that's more like negative like why can't you expand the layouts and it's like well we haven't built that technology yet and i'm I, like i can't do it overnight and it's okay right because uh, at the same time like that's kind of like the feedback that's taking us where we need to go but it's just yeah it's a fantastic group so again it's it's not what we did it's what our members took charge of and they didn't ask they just did it yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that's a really lucky thing to be targeting the right people who come together and want to see success in an abundant way, not seeing it as like my marketing strategy and my tactics with this tool are going to be mine only, but to share that out. Um, and for you to foster that is a really incredible thing online. I love that so much. Um, so we have a lot of solopreneurs and small business owners who listen here, and I would love to know from someone, um, if you're first starting out a business, how did you stay sane, kind of controlling it all and having your own personal life and your business life and keeping that balance or integration, whatever term you like to use there? Um, do you have any good tips that we could take away from that? 
Yeah. So I didn't stay sane. I'm going to be super, <laughs> super honest there. Um, I started Flowdesk when I had a full-time job and that full-time job was very, very intense already. And I remember um, working all night, working all weekend, and there were times where I would come back home and my body was so exhausted that I would just sit on the bed, start crying just because I couldn't help it. I wasn't even sad. I was just like, I don't even know. It was probably like something chemical. And then, um, and then I would just wake up the next day. So I wouldn't even remember that transition to go going to sleep. And, and I wasn't eating right. And I wasn't working out and it was really unbalanced. And I do not recommend that anyone, let's say get to that point, because I remember at some point, I, I think it was a conversation with my mom and she was like, you, you really have to stop doing this because you're not signing up for a startup of like one year. Like you're trying to build something generational and it's going to take probably five, 10 years, maybe more, hopefully more. And if you burn out today, then, then how is that really responsible towards the people that you're promising to serve for the long term? People are trusting you and giving you their money, buying your tool and you're not like taking care of yourself in a way that you're going to show up the next day and the next month and it was like a really hard thing to hear like I could probably I get definitely getting emotional because you never want to hear those truths and no one has said it in a way that's like well we have to take care of yourself it was more like this is not right and you're being irresponsible for others as well and that um led to me creating a plan in which I was like okay well when when we hit this milestone I'm going to um, leave my full-time job and go in full-time into Flowdesk and uh, and then a plan of, okay, so I need to start eating healthy and I need to start working from home some days and just having that those hard conversations. And also coming to the realization that in my full-time job, I was doing a lot, not because I needed to, just because I always have had that like mindset of like, you have to go above and beyond. And I think a lot of people that start a business have that kind of personality and it took getting to that point to have a conversation with my former boss and saying hey I can't do this any longer so I have to either quit or do like my job and that's it and it was so funny because I went into that meeting with so much fear and he was like you you should do your job and that's it like you you like I'll be happy when you just are not stressing yourself so much and and it's still going to be a lot of impact and he just took it so well and was so supportive um, so, so yeah, so I recommend, um, don't get yourself to that level. And if you already did, then, then stop and take action right away so that you can, um, be there for the people that you're promising to be there for. Oh man, moms are just the most wise people. It's good to have those people in your life who will reflect back when things are not going the way they should. Um, so that's great to hear. And I agree, business is a long-term game. You have to play that long game and remember that it is a marathon, not a sprint, as cliche as that sounds. Um, so what has been one of the most fulfilling things about starting your own business though and about this whole process for you? Oh my gosh, like everything, every single day. I'm not even kidding. Just having, I think people start something because um, they want more money or power or freedom. And I've always been very driven to freedom and just being able to, and, and I feel like at my former job, like I worked at a startup, right? So I had freedom to experiment, but to really like have freedom to just say like, I really believe that we should do these and have like the full like support of like, you because you're probably starting to build it on your own or you and your co-founders and saying like all right let's give it a try 
and be, being able to move fast and just like, if something works, great, let's double down on it. And if something doesn't work, let's just like say, okay, cool, it didn't work and, and move on. Um, having that freedom to just like create whatever you, you feel you really need to create. Um, I, I, I don't think I'll ever like do it another way. It's just, it's like so freeing. Yeah, that word freedom, yeah. for sure. That's one of the biggest words I hear from people as well for starting your own business. So that's awesome. And uh, being able to live anywhere, right? Like I'm in Mexico right now. I'll probably be in Tulum in three months, safe and in lockdown and everything. But I never was able to do that before. And it's almost like it makes you think, like, have I been living the life that I want? Or have I been living the life that society has shaped for us? And I, I love that. It's, yeah, I love uncertainty too. Yeah. That's so wise. Yeah. Speaking of traveling and working remotely, do you have anything that you found really effective for working with your team while you guys are apart? Mm, Slack. I, I could not imagine doing this without Slack and I'm sure most people probably do it, but if they don't, um, definitely check out Slack. And uh, so having the right tools, I think is big. And then over communicating is also big. Um, I... I'm a big over communicator. Like I, I definitely like err on the side of like aggressively oversharing. And even then, even when you're like that, the, a lot of information gets missed or sometimes, um, like the team, even though we're very small and we're very tight and we talk all the time. Um, sometimes there's, uh, a, a lot that doesn't get said. And I think just like reminding people and encouraging people and having like those one-on-ones all the time, um, to make sure that there's that you're creating space for people to speak up is important. Um, also, uh, sharing your values, right? Like saying, like, hey, these are the situations that we 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 definitely want you to speak up about, right? Um, like inclusion, for example, and making sure that you feel like you're welcome and you can show up as you are um, is something that we want to make sure that is uh, like very encouraged all the time, right? Like not just once. And um, and I think like if you create well, we've created that kind of environment and I don't know if it's because it's like two women in the founding team, like um, two minorities, like out of three, like it's just like we are already like naturally organically a very diverse team, but it feels very comfortable and transparent um, and over communicative. But I think the reason why um, it has, we've been able to make it work so far remotely is because we have had that like aggressive over communication and transparency. I don't know that that's, uh, something that should be prescribed to all organizations. Like some organizations just can't, or maybe shouldn't work like that, but it's worked for us. Yeah, I agree. Over communication is never a bad thing when you're doing business apart, for sure. Yeah. Um, so are there any business books that have really influenced the way that you guys work or the way you market your product that you would recommend to our community here? No, um, I probably should be reading more on that. Actually, hold on, I have one here. It's not a business book, but I really like it. Ugh. Okay, this is like one of my favorite books. Okay, so it's... Um, it almost looks like I like prepare these for that question, right? <laughs> yeah. But I didn't know you were going to ask that. So the art of game design, and oh, it just nice. teaches you like how to design a game. And I love, I love games. I love like board games and like scavenger hunts and riddles and all that stuff. And I really like that these like teaches you how to focus on the experience that you're creating. And then also one of the biggest lessons that I got, or like I'm still reading it, is like 
how you create an experience, but people will go through it and they'll make their own experience. You cannot control what they experience because that's internal. So just like the power of letting go of what people will like think of the experience that you created was very strong. And also it, it starts getting in that mindset of like, this is not about us. This is about them. Let's like, let's hear what they're experiencing and then iterate from there. But, um, but the reason I say no to business books is because, um, I have read a lot of them. And in the end of the day, I think what, what really helped us was not following a specific framework, but being very, very, very customer obsessed. Like talking, I talked to our members, like, at least five, sometimes 12 in a day, right? And sometimes it le it's less because we have like a big release that we have to do, but there's always this communication and we're like texting all the time and I'm in the Facebook group all the time. And um, we ran like as founders support for a while, like it was like five months, maybe if not longer. And we were at maybe 5,000 um, customers when we started creating a team. So the the one thing that I really, really, really recommend that I think is like non-negotiable and much better than anything that you'll learn in any book is to talk to your customers all the time and, and not just like, Hey, how are you doing? Like, Hey, why are you still using the product? Right. And if they, they're not using the product, why did you stop using the product and asking why, like as much as you can. Uh, that's one of the best answers I think I've ever heard to a question about books is put down the book and start reading customer emails, start reading customer <laughs> complaints and testimonials, and that'll give you way more information about the product you're building. I love that. Um, well, you have been amazing, and I have so many great takeaways here, and I know our community does too. If you could leave us with one last marketing tip or business tip that we could take action on, what would that be? Ooh, okay. Um, I would say it's uh so every time that you're starting a new um marketing initiative whether it's like automating your social media or starting creating your social media content or an email marketing list um it's very scary because starting something is just scary and uh one thing that i've learned from listening to our members is that uh as soon as they dive in as soon as they just like say okay like sunday i'm doing it they realize that it was a lot easier than they thought um so my advice is just jump in do it and then when you do it share it with someone right like become somebody else's mentor because there's a lot of people who are trying to start and they're struggling so you can you can become that person that can help them up oh that's so beautiful not only focusing on your own success but focusing on pulling other people up to their own success also what a great way to end this martha thank you so much for sharing your story guys if you haven't checked out flowdesk we'll put the notes in the show description or we'll put the links in the show description notes here um, and thanks again martha this has been a great chat Thank you so much. Thanks so much for tuning in and be sure to keep the conversation going with us on social. We're at Meet Edgar on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So let us know your biggest takeaway from today's episode and don't forget to tag us. Visit www.meetedgar.com and start a free trial to up-level your social media marketing strategy today. Happy posting.